0: Hello, and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number five. Today, we're talking with the legendary Ty Draney. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Trail Manners Podcast. Today we are bringing our show to you from Roosters Brewing Company on 25th Street in Ogden, Utah. Unfortunately, Studio 78 is still on the injured reserve, and so we hope to have it back soon. Uh, in the meantime, I'm here today with Joel Hatch. How are you doing today, Joel?
1: Doing okay. A little bit down to the weather. Couldn't get out and run with you this morning. Sorry about that. Yeah, we missed you. But I'll rebound. We'll get back out on Tuesday.
0: I'm oh, in. So today we got a very special guest. Um, we've tried this once, and unfortunately it didn't work out for us. So we thought we'd better hit it again. So today with us we have uh, individual with 15 years of ultra running experience, uh, wins at the 50k, 100k, 50 mile, and 100 mile distances, post doctorate of distance at the Hard Rock 100 in time of 28:46, top 10 finish. In 2014, 15 years of high school, cross-country track and field coaching, a USATF Level 1 certified coach, has won six state championships, coached 35 state champions, member of the Wyoming Coaches Association, 10-time Wyoming Regional Coach of the Year, 5-time Wyoming State Coach of the Year. Also has many sponsors that include Patagonia, First Endurance, Ultraspire, and Black Diamond. This in person also is a race director for the El Ascensor in July 2nd and the El Vicaroloco on August 6th. We are here with the one and only legendary Ty Draney. Ty, how are you? <laughs> Sounds like I'm doing pretty well. Uh, not that long list, but uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Appreciate it. You know, I thought I'd embarrass you a little bit by throwing all that out, but that is a really... A spectacular list of things, and I know that's just a little bit of it, and that's all you kind of share. But uh, we're we're happy to have you back. Thanks for joining us again. You know, you just actually flew in town on a drive-by, and you've been to Kentucky. Can you tell us what you're doing in Kentucky?
2: Uh, I had a chance to go down uh, last weekend. uh, One of my former high school athletes, uh, now Haley Wetten, who runs here at uh, Weber State in Ogden, they qualified for the nationals, and so. Did a little planes, trains, and automobiles. It was too expensive to fly directly there. So he went via Chicago and a few, uh, yeah, anyway. So it's been exciting, a few hours of travel over the last four days. Well, we
0: got you a belly full of real food, so hopefully you can stay with us for a little bit and, and uh, have a good show here. So let's get into it right away. So your races, you've been doing race directing for quite a while. Had the pleasure of coming out to Elva Caraloco three or four years now. One of my favorite all time races. So, why don't you talk a little bit about both of your races? Maybe we could start with the LS Sensor.
2: Uh, Actually, this will be just the second year we've done the Sensor. You know, I. a while back went over to Transfalkenia and they ran the vertical K the night before and I just got thinking and we got kind of a big bay window out of our house and I was just looking at the mountains and, and there was a pretty cool ridge link up that we could see from the house. It's kind of like an upside down uh, triangle where you kind of go up one and come across a high alpine ridge then come right down another and so that's, that's why we named it the elevator. Because you just go in just under sh- seven miles, you end up climbing about thirty-five, thirty-six hundred feet and descending that amount also. Um, and so uh, it, it went well. I would have. Uh, you always want to see more people come out, but as we, you know, it allowed us to work out a few bugs and and figure out a few things. But it was a hit. Hit locally. A lot of my own. Uh, High school athletes ran it you know so and what i like about it is it's just kind of the right amount of hard and it's really hard but you know anybody can walk for seven miles right i mean yeah, yeah. so uh that's the, yeah you know i'd love to see it take off i kind of have this vision of uh, visions of grandeur maybe at this point but you know maybe like a mountain marathon like in alaska or you know something to give people a reason to stop in our area you know on fourth of july weekend and uh check out the local scenery if nothing else and bust up their quads
0: now that's on July 2nd so it is the 4th of July weekend and it is absolutely beautiful uh, in in Afton the Star Valley area and it's a short distance from Jackson so you can still make a few days trip up there uh, maybe even head into Yellowstone so it's a great location Um, you know so I we really hope that it takes off and you know I I can't say I'd like to that'll be
2: interesting to see in the second year you know kind of if that expands and we'll kind of see what happens
0: well, after talking about it on this show, it's going to expand, right? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one up you have um, is the one that you're probably well more well known for is the Elva Carol Loco. And there's a 25k and a 50k. That one is in August. Ah, uh, yeah, this will
2: be our 12th year. We've done that. Time time flies when you're having fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're we're pretty excited about it. You know, originally you know, we looked at all sorts of options. I just got looking at a map and I was like, I love that area. I'd been up there some and I'm like, you know, out and back, you get to see it twice. Um, and originally I was going to kind of phase out the 25 K, but, um, we've had lots and lots of locals come out, you know, every year I get people who've lived there their whole lives. say, I've never been to Crowl Creek Lake, you know, so I guess sometimes we just need an excuse, I guess. And, um, so, yeah, it's been fun. i got amazing volunteers. Everything has to be horse-packed or backpacked in. Uh, it's really hard to get people out. I've <laughs> Luckily, we haven't had to too often, but uh, it may get you a four-wheeler, a motorbike ride, a horse ride. We had a few take a horse ride out cause they weren't super well-prepared for some inclement weather. and. Uh, so that's what I like about it is in just 50K, it's, it's, it's pretty remote and kind of, kind of big wilderness for just running, you know, 15 or 30 miles in the mountains.
0: Just.
1: I'd have to say that's probably close to a graduate level 50K. It's, it's not like Antelope Island 50K where you're going through aid stations and there's easy access to, you know, race event staff. This one, you're out there. I mean, you're buried in the bush. You're out there hanging out with badgers, with bears, with mountain lions. It's pretty gnarly out there, and I it, think that's why it's so special.
2: Yeah, it's a, that's what I, we love about it. You know, Again, it's fairly accessible. Uh, I was informed several times by several di- different people that it is harder than Ragnar. So they uh, several that's quote unquote several times. So uh, uh so apparently yeah, I don't know if that makes a graduate level or not, but that, that puts so. it on the scale. Yeah. It's it's, it's harder like than a, Ragnar. It's
1: like a speed goat type of hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think
2: yeah, so. Yeah, it's about the same amount of climb. We it don't is. yeah, we don't uh and yeah, it's it, it runs a little bit differently, but you know the fastest times are fairly similar, they you are. know. Uh uh, so yeah it, it is probably
0: s- similar in that way it's a pretty deceptive course though because i know when you head on the 50k you hit the 25k turnaround that grind back up is kind of oh. kind of relentless my wheels are falling off every time i've done that that's
1: that's like what seven miles of just up grind
2: yeah and just uh, yeah i don't care how many times in fact just uh, maybe three weeks ago we, i did it with a friend who has moved from jackson up to portland he wanted to run it before he moved and we got up there at the top of uh, got up there at the top before we dropped in the lakes and there was about two feet of snow yeah that was, a, that was a long day and we just went through you know but but that climb yeah it's just no matter how many times you do it you can see where you need to be and there's just kind of those little fault summits and it's just yeah it just kind of grinds you down
1: I think the last time you and I ran it together Eric we came across a lady having some issues at the top of that climb oh that's right that's she right. was uh, in full cramp full everything full body cramp yeah
0: yeah, and I think the one runner there, he was more than happy to help assist and rub those yeah. cramps out. But <laughs> yeah, you but and I were
1: like, We're out of
0: here. Yeah, <laughs> you can take care of that. We got things to do. Yeah. But yeah, it was every every movement was like something new started cramping up. So yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing the other thing we like about the course or I like about the course, your start finish for the fifty K or then the finish for the twenty-five K, it's awesome. I mean, it's just real down earth. You got the the Huckleberry soda you got the burgers on oh, that lake. Burgers. Oh man, that lake is just awesome to run just right into after the race. So the start finish is, is amazing.
2: Yeah, we've increased, uh, we got uh, our permit up to 250, you know, uh, and that's kind of, I think where it's going to stay because just again, the logistics, you know, getting people in, in and out because it's six miles just to get to the turnaround or to the start no matter what race you're doing. And it's, it's a it's a little bit crazy and hectic trying to find places to put everybody, you know, and their families that want to come see them finish and all that stuff. And so, I don't know. It's been a blessing and a curse, you know. I originally, I thought of you know it'd be some huge race, and I think we're getting more people now because it's not. Yeah. Right. That you know that uh, those those things are fun, but uh, many of those races are a huge spectacle, you know, and the the stuff that goes on with them. I think it it's it bodes us well you know our style and kind of throw back to old school you get a number and you get in the mountains and you t- take care of yourself and have a coke and and or pumpkin pie yeah or pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie yeah yeah i had some today before you showed before the up show. perfect. you see that no I yeah, yeah.
1: That. i had some pumpkin pie this morning in honor of you
0: perfect <laughs> awesome awesome and i and i don't know how you do it but you time it just right and i don't know how you know, what you do, but you always have it so the wildflowers are just popping during that race. I mean, I don't think I've been on that course once where it just hasn't been, like, you know, brush canvas popping flowers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, with that, you know, how did you get into you know trail running how did you get into ultra running i mean not a lot of people just jump into ultra running so where did this where did this well, passion i've been a, thing start? a
2: lifelong runner you know basically running since i was 12 years old one season or another ran a, ran a couple of years at rick's college and then uh I was student teaching, and I decided I'd run a marathon. I'd never done that before, so I you know worked all the way up to like good 25 miles a week and decided I'd run Park City, and it was about the worst experience of my life, uh, climbing back up into Park City Marathon and yeah wheels coming off and all those things I swore I'd never run that far again and uh, then I ended up before we moved to Oregon, I ran the uh what's it called the the Cash Creek Game Creek race in Jackson. Oh yeah, that that's kind of, that's classic. That's yeah, been around for yep, ages. Yep, I knew. That was kind of my first trail race. I grew up, you know, when I was running in college and stuff, would train on the trails and stuff, but that was kind of my first race and I was I was hooked, you know. I thought that was the most fun I'd maybe ever had in my life and and I ended up in Oregon and they didn't have any short races, so <laughs> I just fell in with the wrong crowd and did my first 50K, and I had a g- really good friend that kind of took me under his wing, uh, Mike Mark Bodemer. He's one of the, I think, top 15 guys to ever Grand Slam, you know, and so, you know, it happens, peer pressure, and you fall into the wrong crowds, and then it's about that time Outside Magazine came out with that first art- article on hard rock, and that that was kind of the ultimate thing to do, you know, and and... So, yeah, they just kind of when we moved back here, I ran my first hundred, and that was about twenty of them ago, so wow. uh and just I don't know kind of a one trick pony haven't figured out anything else to do to use up my
0: time, so <laughs> <laughs> well, that's speaking of your time, that's kind of interesting i mean all the all the accomplishments you talked about with your coaching, your teacher, your coach, husband, father, runner, how do you balance all of those things i mean it, it's kind of maybe it's kind of nice where you run and that's what you do for coaching so it could kind of but how do you balance all of those things uh
2: andrew's incredibly patient mostly is how, how that is but uh and, and my kids have just grown you know i started this my daughters will turn 17 this year and so they just i guess they had to haven't known any better you know that's just kind of what i do and how it how it goes and um I think it's helped with the longevity, you know, I've I've had a few dings and aches and pains, but uh, I don't have six hours a day to go over train like many of our colleagues do. You know, we see that, uh, so many guys are battling with that and trying to keep all that balance. So I've tried to keep my mileage decently high year-round, and uh, it's worked so far, so...
0: We'll see how long I can kind of keep it together, I guess. I think that's the three of us here. I think that's one thing we have in common is we've never had a problem overtraining. No, (laughs) definitely (laughs) not. (laughs) yeah that's for sure so you know you do you do all the balance stuff so you're in the off season far as racing running um you know you're getting ready to take your team to california for the footlocker classic or Mm -hmm. race there so you're getting into the off season what do you do now i mean you're kind of winding down what do you do to kind of keep yourself either in shape motivated recharged what do you do
2: i'm trying to do some other things i uh recently got a new fat bike i've done some of that in the past Uh, that's that's a lot of fun um I don't know if it's really training, but it's just kind of fun, something to do in the mountains in the snow, uh, trying to trying to learn how to ski, just got a new set of skis, and I, I, I think I went four times last winter, that's more than I'd been my entire life combined, so it is a little bit uh, embarrassing trying to keep up with my 12-year-old, but uh, uh, getting a little better. But, um, so, branching out a little bit there, I've spent spent a lot of time in the winter on snowshoes, a lot of groomed snow machine paths and just a lot of snow machine paths in general that I can and pass we can kind of get beat down and so uh, that's one of the things i'm looking at actually. I think at the end of February they're having the u s uh, snowshoeing champions here, championships here in Ogden oh wow, this I, year w- so I I, and I don't even know either. where exactly, but i I've never raced on them i've probably run in my life maybe. 3,000 miles in snowshoes. We have lots of winter in Wyoming. Wow. But, but Do you uh,
1: have actual running snowshoes? Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yep. And so um, I might come down and do that and I don't know, whatever else I need to conjure up for the lottery gods and then we'll see how everything uh, kind of falls into place. But typically my training has been kind of backwards because of my time that I spend all winter doing when everyone else is building, getting their base and building that. I doing all the fast running with my kids and then when I finally get time in the summer then I can usually log the you know find the time to log the long miles and so uh, fall hundreds are much nicer on me than spring hundreds for sure for
0: that reason. So do you have anything that it's kind of your goals for 2016 or you know anything on your bucket race list that you're looking forward to to next year have you started putting that together uh, a little
2: bit like i say pr- probably be down here at the end of february it looks like it fits in my schedule to race some snowshoes at one distance or another mostly for fun uh run a couple of meets indoors with my track kids like to spin them uh, relatively fast uh, <laughs> whatever that means at this point um and I'm probably going to put in for Berkeley if I can figure out that whole mystery, um, and and maybe Bighorn, uh, big summer project Jared, Campbell and I are talking about in the up at, at Mount Rainier wow. this summer. Maybe that's that's kind of the one that I'm most intrigued with.
1: Now is that climbing up or doing the circumnavigation? Yes, <laughs> both <laughs> the summit and then run around
2: kind of yeah I mean, yeah you we're did that working in tetons, on it the tetons if i remember correctly. yeah yeah it's it's good type 3 fun yeah, yeah. type 3 fun Yeah. so you
1: want to elaborate on type 3 fun uh, Well,
2: for us? yeah type 3 is the kind of it, it's fun after the fact when you talk about it you know
1: but but during it's like total suffer fest well
2: it can be it can be yeah the, when we did the thing in the tetons i was with uh, luke nelson and mike Foote. And they were went like third and twenty eighth at UTMB a few weeks later, and so they pretty much crushed my will to live. And so that, that would the only be a reason it was a so type three fun is I was that guy. It was the first time in my life that they'd they'd be waiting around for twenty minutes, you know, and then I'd finally get there, and then they'd go darting off like rabbits. And then, yeah, I, I I may have may not had a complete mental breakdown in Death Canyon of all places. It was Ooh. ironic, but yeah, it's a pretty place to break down. Though. Well, it, it was pretty. It was pretty, but yeah, it. it yeah so um yeah we're working on that it's
1: well that'll be really impressive if you guys go up there and pull that off I,
2: I'm, I'm sure jared can i just try to keep up you know <laughs> yeah we i think
0: i know how that goes he's trying to keep up Yep. <laughs> well hey we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk to ty a little bit about uh something that he does as well as you know it's kind of getting big out there and that's the coaching aspect so uh, stay with us and we'll be right back
2: Hi, this is Ty Draney, and you're listening to the Trail Manners Podcast, bringing the dirt and the vert.
1: Welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. Again, this is Joel Hatch along with Eric Mang, and our special guest today is Ty Draney. So, Ty, one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about was coaching and coaching for ultra runners specifically. So, one of the things that you started offering last year was coaching services. And within those coaching services, you also offered individual plans for the Scout Mountain Ultra Race. And then this year, you're also going to offer a plan for the Vaquero Loco. So, maybe we could touch on a couple of things. Uh, One, how do you like coaching?
2: for ultra running uh, oh, specifically it's been an enjoyable experience you know i debated i d- thought about it for a long time kicked around the idea and yeah there's you know you can't swing a dead cat and not hit a coach of summer or something or other right now you know especially with ultra running and i got friends that are big they're trying to make their living you know doing that sort of thing and i finally i just decided that maybe you know with the uh, coaching experience i've had and then the, my own experiences in the 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 with ultras, it only kind of made sense, you know. Uh, and so it's been enjoyable. The, f- the few runners I've been working with have had, had great years this last year. Um, and so we're looking to, like you say, expand that a little bit, do some kind of some little packaged plans for, for different races coming up, and to give some direction, you know. Uh, because sometimes uh, just a few little tweaks, a few little wrinkles other than just going out and running your favorite trail uh, every day uh, can give big uh, results, you know? Big changes in, in, your, in your racing ability, so.
1: So one of, the, one of your clients last year, he did pretty well, right? Did he do pretty well at Wasatch? Was that your guy?
2: Yeah, he actually he blew a hamstring late, and he didn't end up finishing. But yeah, he was in second. Till yeah, he was smoking like ninety two oh, or man. ninety. Yeah, and then he, he just when you can't use your leg, it shuts you down. That's a little
1: hard. Yeah, I was uh, I was the aid station captain, at Francis, and he came mm-hmm. through there just on fire. Yeah, and everybody's like, I think that's Ty's guy, yeah. and he was he was gunning for first. Yeah. It, was, it was cool to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah that's he, awesome. Um, so you, you did mention that, you know, it seems like everybody and their brother is throwing themselves out there as a ultra-running coach. It seems like, you know, if you finish a 100-miler, all of a sudden you're qualified. And I'm giving you some air quotes right now. Qualified, the, the coach. I, I think it's really important that when you're seeking that coach to take yourself to that next level, or as Sky Jaime phrases it, to see what your genetic potential is, uh, to find that really qualified person. And obviously, you have the chops. I mean, you ran. Did you run in high school?
2: I did. Yeah. High mm-hmm.
1: school. Um, you've been in the game for 15 years. You're USATF level one coach. Um, when somebody comes to you, what's usually the process of bringing them on board as a client?
2: I usually so, I just uh, talk to them about what you know. What are what are they looking for? What are they looking to? to get out, you know, why do they feel they need a coach? And what is their, you know, their experience, previous background, whether it be with running or other sports, you know. Uh, several of my clients that I'm working with now, you know, one came from a uh, pretty impressive cycling background, you know, got the bug and was like, hey, oh. You know? And uh, also the uh, my other client that you were talking about, he, he was a college soccer player you know again an athlete that was just intrigued by it and wanted to get after it and so but i've had other guys too that have said what well, i've said well i i don't think that maybe this is a good fit or you know they've gone back and forth i had a one guy call and he's just like i can't decide between you and carl you know i'm like well, carl's a great friend you know and, you know, make you just make your decision. You know, let me know if I can help. And he it's chose that, to work with that Carl. Goodness and,
1: of fit between yeah.
2: you and the client—that's pretty important. It is. And at first, it was pretty weird for me—the uh, the 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 distance thing. You know, and it you know, communicating you know via email and uh, phone and that sort of thing. It took me some getting used to. Cause I'm used to you know being there with my athletes once, twice, every, every day, you know, doing that thing. But uh, but it's been enjoyable, you know. Any, I think that's the big thing is uh, whatever level you're coaching at, you know, if they can have some success and feel good about it, and and you can share some of that uh, your own knowledge and experiences to help them maybe uh, avoid some of those traps and mistakes that you know we used to have to just try to figure out. Uh, right. So as as
1: we mentioned you're going to do some pre-packaged programs for the Scout Mountain Ultra and the El Valcaro Loco. Now, I I helped you set that up last year on the website and I saw the package and it's a pretty awesome package for the price you pay. So you're going to go ahead and do that again this year?
2: Yeah, yeah, we'll just we'll adjust some dates and there's a few things I want to tweak according to feedback that I got from different people, but for the smut uh ones we we'll, we have kind of one for uh each distance because they offer three different different distances there and also a little also varied according to how much you're r- running currently uh, there's some of that there too so uh, sort of customized plans I guess
1: that I'm sure there's a market there for that yeah. You know, if, if not we can create it yeah well
2: they were very well received last year you know, I had a lot of people talk to me about them and and again to just trying to get some of those elements that maybe people don't know about or don't think about when you know, trailing uh, when training for a trail
0: race. So, so if there's if there's people out there right now that are listening to this podcast or people that are trying to make a decision on hiring a coach, what advice do you have for them of choosing one? I mean, talk to them. You know, in today's
2: age, we can do all this because of the the technology. You know, send an email, set up. Uh, you know, I know some. You know, have consulting fees or whatever. You know, if they want to talk. You, you can find my number on the website. Call me. Let's let's talk about it and, and see if it's mutual, you know, beneficial, if it's something that you want to pursue or we can point you in the right direction to where uh, where you want to be.
0: So with these, these packages, is there a way, is there any interest that you would do like other races? If someone called you and said, hey, you know, I'm not running these, but maybe I'm running Squaw Peak or maybe it's the Bear or maybe something like that, is that something you'd work with someone with?
2: Yeah, yeah, we can we can do that sort of thing, you know. What basically, um, what people when I talk to my clients and say, you know, how's this been over this last year? Is it been worth the money? What did what was your what did you like about it? The the more than the plan, you know, because you can get online and get on Runner's World or or whatever. You know, that there's just tons of that stuff out there. Was the was the feedback and the accountability piece? I think that's why it's so important to. See if you jive a little bit, you know. See if you can get along, and because in the end, you know, coaching is teaching. I think, and and we none of us really want to listen to someone we we don't respect, or, or so maybe
0: you don't know, or maybe y- you don't you like get along with. Even you know, yep. same same type of yep. feedback. I think
1: that's why that initial phone call is probably the most important thing
0: mm-hmm. to, to see if you work well
1: with that that coach or on your part, see if you're going to walk where with that client, because maybe that client doesn't have realistic expectations.
2: Yeah, so it is a two-way street that way, you know, and, and the world's small enough, you know, come talk to me, you know, after a race or
0: whatever, you know. Yeah,
1: you know, Ty's probably one of the easiest people to talk to, oh, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, he makes the time even when he's traveling from Kentucky. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and we appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So again, we'd like to thank Rooster's Brewing Company here on 25th Street in Ogden, Utah, um, for having us, letting us sit down, have a little breakfast, have a little coffee, um, and talking to Ty. But before we go, uh, we you know besides thanking Ty for being here, we do have the part of the show that people look forward to, which we like to call the lightning round. So this, I know you're tired, I know you're ready to drive home, um, but we got a few little questions that we want to just kind of fire off you and then you just kind of answer the best you can. Are you ready for that? You bet. All right, go ahead, Joel. Let's start them off.
1: Okay, so your bucket list race or adventure that you still need or want to do.
2: Well, this thing uh, this summer at uh, Rainier has has been on my list for a long, long time. Race-wise, Barkley, Tour de Jean. uh, In Italy, uh, my race list is pretty short.
1: So let me interrupt the lightning round, if I may. So one thing that that Ty and I have been working on or are going to work on is his website. Now, I built his website for him last year, and I'm rebuilding it right now, and he's gracious enough to let me just kind of let that be my project where I can go in and experiment. And one of the things that we want to do is go ahead and highlight some of the adventures he's done over the last 15 years. So I'm looking forward to you. Getting this Rainier thing down so he could put it on that adventure part of the website.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> right on. So what's your favorite race distance and why? You know, I've, uh, probably
2: the biggest thing is I've... Uh, w- w- when I've been running well, I've done well at indoor track miles and 100-mile mountain races, you know. The stuff in between, I, I haven't really nailed down, I mean, really well. I don't know if it's a lactate threshold thing or if it's just too much like that first experience at the marathon or what. But, uh, <laughs> it's kind of too yeah, extremes. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I know they don't really go together, but uh, when uh, one year I ended up breaking the course record at uh, the Grand Teton 100 when they had it. So I ran... Uh, sub, I don't know what it was, sub 1915 or something for a mountain hundred. And, and I had run earlier that, that winter had run 438 or something on the, on the boards for the mile up in Pocatello. So those <laughs> are, if those are my favorite, I don't know, but it seems to be the ones that I do and and have had the best success at.
1: <laughs> okay, so what is your typical meal you eat? the day of the race so like your breakfast before the breakfast yes.
2: i usually don't eat very much actually usually i like a pastry and something just a, just a little bit because yeah that's been my achilles heel is my my guts
0: and so i don't i don't load up very much on on race morning and, and with all your with all your accomplishments in running and the 100 miles, what's your favorite race buckle
2: Favorite race buckle? The Vaquero buckles by far. Yeah, the five year, right? That's yeah, five years. Year. Yeah, the only yeah.
1: buckle that's associated Vaquero. So you yeah. got run that side yep. for five years. Yep. So
0: I can't wait yeah. to get mine. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. Buckle is kind of a, a it's a light term. Yeah, it is a light term because the buckle's to, not light. You're gonna yeah. have
1: to do some uh, back extensions and some extra ab work as <laughs> big as that sucker. Maybe is. you
2: can get that on the website too. Maybe there'll be some sort of special bomber athlete uh, workout just so, so you don't get bu- buckleitis, as my old man calls Ooh, it. I <laughs> like
1: that. <laughs> We'll definitely have. To I work think you're on gonna that. see that right. here pretty quick. <laughs> okay, meats or vegetables?
2: Hmm. Pro- probably fifty-fifty. I know that sounds wishy-washy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, we'll I like, oh, will take a good. If I have to choose, I have to choose. I'll go with a steak. Yeah. yeah there we boy. go. Yeah. There we go. So, what, what do you uh, prefer, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Uh, probably, uh, Twitter. The 140 characters goes well with my ADHD. (laughs) You got them all dialed in.
1: Okay, so when you go out on your typical run, what do you normally carry with you? What's the one thing you can't go without?
2: One thing, um, probably, uh, my Houdini, probably. Your Patagonia Houdini. Yep. What a lovely piece of equipment.
1: Yeah, even in the middle of summer up there in Wyoming, you gotta take a. Yep, some it's protection.
2: always uh, tucked in my short pocket. You gotta be yeah. careful. Um, morning or evening runs? Uh, usually morning, actually. Uh,
1: What's the one piece of advice you would give to a brand new trail runner?
2: Ask lots of questions, and uh, so you don't have to make all the same mistakes someone else
0: has. Nice. What uh, what have you learned from trail running? That's a big question. It is. We can probably do another podcast
2: on that. <laughs> well, question. that yeah, that's <laughs> uh, maybe we I, will. I, I thought I was so so prepared for this. Um, uh, enjoy it. I mean, you, you're especially when you're racing hard, your kind of emotions are all over the board. But uh, you got to be able to enjoy it because it is. Remember, it is just for fun for most of us
1: beard or mustache
2: beard
0: definitely this time of year and and ty does have a nice one i think Mm. i saw him last time he was pretty clean shaven so Uh. they go pretty quick on this guy Mm.
1: he rocks out a really good stash too i've got a picture that i'm trying to throw up on his new website i'm trying to figure out where to put it and if i have to just force it somewhere i will (laughs) it'll happen because it looks good with him (laughs) with a mustache so
0: So we just want to, again, th- Ty, can't tell you how much we appreciate you stopping by. I mean, you're, you are one of the good guys out there in the trail running community. I mean, I remember years ago when I first talked to you, it was like uh, you, you totally let me talk to you, you know, right? I mean, it wasn't like, oh, no, here's this, this guy that's done so much. He was a friendly, super nice guy. That stuff goes a long way with me, and I just want to tell you thanks for being one of those guys out there. I appreciate that. Thanks. All right, well, good luck with next year. Again, thank Roosters for having us, and you can go uh, check out Ty's website at www.tyedraineyendurance.com. There'll be some stuff in the show notes, to follow that as well. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Trail Matters Podcast. We'd like to thank Ty Drainy for joining us today. You can see more of Ty over at Twitter at DrainyTy. that's D-R-A-N-E-Y-T-Y, or check him out on Instagram at D that's T-Y-L-O-T-E-D. Please don't forget to swing by his website at www.tyedraineyendurance.com. That's where you're going to see a lot of great articles check his coaching out as well as check out his races you definitely don't want to miss out on those you can follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at trail manners or you can swing by our website at www.trailmanners.com you can check in at the store page check out some gear hit us on the contact page let us know what you want to see who you want to hear or even if you want to be on the show until next time this is eric manning and joel hatch reminding you you don't get what you wish for you get what you work for now go get it